Hi, hello, and welcome to The Tax Files. My name is Ali Ghazmi, and I'm delighted to be joined today by my co-host, Ekta. Good morning, Ekta. Good morning, Ali. Welcome again to The Tax Files, a monthly audio podcast where alongside an esteemed guest, we'll be discussing the most pertinent topics for tax and accounting professionals, while also getting to know some key members of the tax industry a little bit better. Ali, how have you been? Well, it's all happening at uh, the Cosme household. I have actually been traveling quite a bit, managed to be in Dubai and in Morocco uh, the last month. And if I may add for work, this week I attended my daughter's graduation. And even though she graduated two years ago, uh, it was an emotional time for me. Now tell me, Hector, how have you been keeping? I think, good God, I've been surviving this heat wave that we've been getting in, in the UK over the course of the last week. Who would have thought 45 degrees in, in kind of central London? Absolutely crazy, right? Sweltering. I know, it's crazy. And, and you know what they were saying? People are still sort of sitting around saying global warming isn't a thing. And, you know, it's all a complete like mythological stop making things up. It's just crazy. I think if, if we ever needed a sign to start doing our bit, I think that probably is it, right? Well, you know my green credentials. I'm really actually, we needed a kick up the you know, the rear to bring us exactly. to your senses. And I think you've had that. Exactly. And I think this is a uh, reticent, right? I think it's one of those things where you can't turn a blind eye to kind of getting off the tube and sort of getting hit by hot weather at 42 degrees and all the rest of it. So for anyone that's still denying it, I think this is uh, this is the kind of thing that should wake everybody up. Fingers crossed. Oh, well, look, today is the fifth episode of The Tax Files, where we're joined by Simon York, the Director of Fraud Investigative Services at the HMRC. Simon has spent over 27 years at HMRC, where he has held multiple senior leadership roles, including creating new data and intelligence-based approach to presenting risks and threats for the UK tax system. Simon is an expert in tax fraud and organized crime, leading 5,000 criminal justice, tax asset recovery, cyber accountancy, and AML professionals. He is also a founding member of the Joint Chiefs of Global Tax Enforcement, also known as the J5, and the first director of FIS. Yeah, it's actually a real honor and a privilege to have Simon with us today. Uh, it is a truly impressive uh, resume. Uh, and interestingly, I mean, I find the fact that being the first head of the FIS, HMRC's FIS. Um, and, you know, what was interesting is sort of like a year ago, Simon was awarded in CBE for services, which sounds really impressive, for services to countering international tax fraud. So I'm really looking forward to this uh, session. We will start by asking Simon a little bit about his background and also some of the recent work that he's been involved in on the tax crime and fraud side. Uh, J5 is a really interesting uh, development. Um, and, you know, really about where that move is heading. And also within HMRC, what's been happening. And, of course, we will ask about some recent developments, tax developments. And then uh, we'll come to my favorite part the rapid fire round questions the illustrious rapid fire round well without further ado welcome simon we're so happy to have you join us how's your week been so far 
Well, hi, both of you. I'm delighted to be here with you, actually. Um, no, it's been a good, um, typically varied week for me. And, and, and like you, um, uh, struggling with the heat early on in the week. But today it's uh, grey and damp, actually, where I am. Simon is supporting a, a jumper today. Uh, so um, obviously the weather in his part of the world is much better than what it is in London at the moment. Um, <laughs> Simon, you've had an illustrious career. Uh, and... Uh, you know, what our listeners might be interested in finding out, what were the key events that have brought you to where you are today? All right. Um, well, uh, I, I, I started my career in tax following, a, um, following studying law at university. I started my career in tax by qualifying as what we used to call a uh, fully trained tax uh, inspector in, in the then Inland Revenue uh, went on to do some of the jobs that that, that that sort of professional typically did at that time, worked in what is now our large business area with multinational companies, worked in um, serious fraud investigations, that type of thing. But I'd say for me, there were a couple of sort of key moments that, that, um, uh, that I learned a lot from and, uh, you know, di directed a lot of the rest of my career, I'd say. So the first one, I think, was when, my first taste, my first experience of, of large leadership and particularly large leadership where I was tasked with creating something new. So this was back in the days of the Inland Revenue and I became what was called an area director. We were creating uh, these areas from what was previously tax districts. So I'd put six of those together and, and, and create something new. It was about five or 600 people. And um, I really uh, enjoyed that and learned a lot from it and, 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 went on from then actually into a series of, uh, of, of larger and larger leadership roles. And, and, and for the last six years, I've been, uh, you know, as I said in the introduction, leading a team of, of 5,000 people. And I do, I do enjoy that. And I, I get a lot of sort of, um, satisfaction out of that, that sort of work. And I guess the other moment was really, was my first move into the sort of enforcement and criminal investigation end of, of HMRC. So I'd, all, I'd always been interested in, in investigation. But when I got involved in the intelligence and, and criminal investigation end of it, I mean, firstly, I loved it. You know, it was great, really exciting, felt really worthwhile uh, and challenging um, work. But I think I recognized there the potential um, that we had in the organization um, to blend our experience on the, um, the criminal investigation side with our um, sort of deep tax expertise to, to create something better, really, and more capable. Um, and, you know, and I've been involved in that sort of uh, enforcement of things for about a decade now. So that, I, I would say those were probably two of the key moments, but done loads of different jobs in, in HMRC. It's fascinating. And as you say, it's something that's very topical at the moment. Simon, if we, if we rewind the clock and we, we sort of kind of throw back to, in time to kind of where it all began, how you sort of started on the tax journey and how you sort of entered that space, what was it about the subject matter, the industry, working with the HMRC that kind of prompted you to start to go down that path. If you would have put yourself back in, in your sort of 18 year old shoes or 16 year old shoes, what was it that kind of interested you about the whole thing? Well, I think like a lot, a lot, a lot of people actually, certainly a lot of people in HMRC and I suspect in the world of tax gen, gen, generally, 
you don't set out at 18 or even 21 to be some sort of tax expert or or or, or, or what have you i i sort of joined that the, the civil service was what i was i was doing at the time and and, and got posted to uh the inland revenue as as was but pretty quickly got got taken by how 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 interesting how challenging um the breadth of knowledge that you need from a tax perspective that 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 was um something that drew me in and then after that just the uh the variety of the work um that there is an hmrc and um uh, i might be biased but i also think hmrc is just a great organization it looks after its people it's 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 competent um and it's doing an important job for the country so Simon, uh, FIS is a new unit. Um, what might be interesting is, you know, what was it that gave rise to it, and perhaps what, what would you do differently? All right, good, good, good question, Ari. I mean, let me let me take you back to sort of. So we created this in in twenty sixteen, and and it was a new unit, but it was it, it was it was built on existing things that we had uh within the, the department it was it was it was it was a world first actually um you know putting together uh, a tax authorities um civil investigation and its criminal investigation into into one union they they previously been separate in in HMRC but some of the things we'd we'd experienced um uh some of the big data leaks uh that we had around you know some swiss banks and that type of thing um that I think brought home to us the potential benefits and the necessity of working that sort of civil and criminal approach much more closely. And I think we thought by doing this, we could achieve um, we could achieve more. Um, what we were doing really was bringing together um, actually a very mature law enforcement capability. You know. The, decades of, of tackling smuggling and organized crime that that that, that hmrc and hm Custom, you know customs and excise had done prior to that with that sort of deep tax expertise that you need to to understand and unravel the most complex financial crime and I, and i thought that was a real um you know real potential in 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 that um i had a vision i wanted this 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 unit to be genuinely world leading. I wanted it to be the top or one of the top tax enforcement teams um, in the world. And and the challenge, you know, I set for the teams, and it became a little bit about a strap line of ours. Really, was that we wanted no tax frauds to, to be beyond our reach. You know, we didn't want anyone. Didn't, we didn't want anything to be too difficult, too big, too complicated um, for us to be able to um, to tackle. So that was the. I guess that was the, the the vision. It was about bringing together the the different capabilities we had. I listed some of the, the you know the sort of types of skills we've got in the organisation at, at the top of this um, podcast. Bringing together the, the different sets of powers um, that we've got, um, and, and putting all of that together to enable us to make sort of the maximum impact on on tax fraud. So if we look at anything, we look at something that's happening. What 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 set of approaches do we need to make a difference to that? It might be investigation and, you know, we're called fraud investigation service and probably 80% of what we do is investigation, but we do other things as well. We work with partners. We, we, we advise on changing processes. Um, we, you know, we, we sort of try and close, close up vulnerabilities to prevent all fraud happening in the, in the first place. We've got uh, more questions about tax in a minute, but I've got two questions that I really want to ask you. About yourself, first of all, tell me sort of like with the CBE, you know, 
how did you feel? I mean, did, did you, of course, you're told about it, but did you see it coming at all? No, not at all. You, you don't do you with these things. I mean, you just, um, but, uh, but actually when you've been in public service your whole career, um, it's, it's great. It's lovely recognition. Um, I, I'm very proud to have been awarded that. And, and I think, as I said at the time, it's as much about all of those people that I've worked with and all of those teams that, that, that I've led over the years, um, that, that, that have led that it's, it's, it's recognition for their work and it's recognition for the importance of, uh, of what, you know, fraud investigators and others do in HMRC. How was it on the day? It was great. Um, it was Windsor Castle, um, uh, uh, rather than Buckingham Palace, um, because of sort of COVID restrictions. Um, but it was a lovely, um, lovely event. It was the Princess Royal, Princess Anne. She was very chatty and very informed about uh, tax fraud and uh, economic sort of you know, financial crime and, and what have you. So it was, it, was, it was a super day, super day. Thank you. Great. I've got one more question, which is you've done tax for a very long time. You've been going through HMRC. Uh, would you consider doing something differently? Maybe outside, perhaps politics. Uh, no, <laughs> I, 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 you won't see me going into the, um, politics. There, um, absolutely, definitely not. Uh, uh, I would never rule out doing something different. I say I've had a great career in 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 HMRC and very much value um, uh, value the, the, the contribution I've been able to um, able to make. Um, but you know, we work alongside. Um, and more and more alongside a, a much broader community, I think. This is not just HMRC's job. We partner with, um, whether it's financial institutions, whether it's um, uh, other tax professionals or, or, or legal firms, or whether it's international partners. And, uh, you know, the, there is a, a, a big sort of alliance out there, if you like, that's working together to try to prevent uh, tax fraud and, and tax crime. It's not just the tax authority's job. And, and, and a lot of those people do really valuable um uh work and you know if there's anything i can do to help those sort of um organizational communities in the future then you know I, I, that might be something that would attract me so parallel force i mean so we won't be seeing you in the nomination for uh for the next uh, leadership uh <laughs> one of the candidates popping up <laughs> I, I very i very rarely give definite answers but on that they're definite well I was hoping for a tax files exclusive last time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like you said, it's, it's much bigger than just, I guess, the world of the HMRC, right? There's so many allies and, and allegiances that you had alongside, uh, whether that might be, as you say, the law firms, the partnership, kind of that, that whole cohort of individuals that sort of work together almost as super force to kind of really clamp down on a lot of the issues around fraud and, and kind of criminal investigations around this stuff. It's really interesting, actually, how kind of your your line of work has developed in, in kind of taking you down that tax crime and, and fraud path to sort of really put together a bit more of a robust structure around it. How has, has your role changed with the current landscape? You know, tax, we're seeing more and more being thrust into the, the kind of central lights around, you know, whether it be reputational risk from a company point of view, you know, ESG is, is all of a sudden roped into kind of the, the larger tax conversation. Having been in the HMRC for so many years and occupying so many different hats as, as you've got through your career, what has been the biggest development for you coming into sort of 2022 now post-COVID landscape to, 
to really start to come down on, on these things when, you know, the, the, the resources for some of these companies are just limitless, right? You know, you've got everything at the disposal of your iPhone or, or kind of internet and all these sort of elaborate structures. How do you develop yourself to keep yourself current with what's happening in the current landscape? Yeah, there's, I mean, it's two or three big things I, th I think I'd highlight. One, I think tax, tax has always been sort of newsworthy to a degree, but uh, I think post-financial crisis, actually, and, and, and onwards, it's become much more of a public interest issue. Um, and, and that definitely um, affected uh, our work. I think in, in a positive way, actually, government provided uh, resources um, for us. There was, there was, I think, a sense of renewed public support for the role um, that we had in levelling the playing field. You know, the majority of UK citizens pay pay the tax they're supposed to pay um and, and we say ourselves uh, you know very much on their side in in sort of leveling that playing field um the i mean you mentioned esg and i think i think corporations are taking taxation responsibilities increasingly seriously um you'll be aware of the corporate criminal offense that came in in, in 2017 and and we've seen that and other things um it, 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 the impact of that has been that I think companies have taken that whole side of things, that corporate responsibility for preventing you know, others commit tax evasion much more seriously. So that's been a big um, development. But in terms of tax fraud itself, so it's much more technologically and digitally enabled now. It's increasingly international. It's increasingly um, sophisticated. And because of all that, we see... Um, the tax um, fraudsters that we're dealing with increasingly needing to use third parties or enablers, as we might we might call them. So that's been a really big um, development, and that's what takes quite a lot of our attention, if you like. How do we respond to that? How do we make sure we're able to tackle that increasingly international and sophisticated sort of crime? And when I say sophisticated, I mean, you know, the sort of things we're dealing with. So at one end of the spectrum, it's, it, it's sort of... Um, uh, global uh, organized crime groups controlling the international trade in illicit um, cigarettes. It might be small groups of professionals, sometimes based offshore, creating complex schemes to evade tax. Or it's, you know, the super wealthy um, hiding their money offshore. All of that's really challenging. It's all increasingly sophisticated, increasingly, as I say, technically, digitally, and professionally supported. I was just going to ask, I mean, one of the things that's really interesting is I was on HMRC's website and looking at the kind of people they're recruiting. And it's definitely a, a trend towards getting tax technologists, people with the data or technology background. I mean, do you think it's, it's shifting from the sort of like traditional role of tax advisors who, you know, for, for a better word, uh, were you know, it was an art and it's now giving way to a science. Um, it, it, it's both. The balance has changed. Yes, the balance. It's if I go back to the early days as a tax inspector, you know, you, you worked primarily on your own, um, looking at sets of accounts and tax competitions and investigating things on, on your own. It's, that's, that's not the way it's done in the main now. Um, uh, a lot of the... Uh, the work we do is very much uh, supported by very sophisticated data analytics, um, a huge amount of data upon which to um, to, to work. Um, and, and even in, in, in my area, I say the, the balance between 
um, specialists. So it might be specialists in, in in digital forensics, for example. So people who, when we when we seize, you know, mobile, mobile phones or laptops in in search and arrest operations, so the, the specialists who can get inside those and, and find what's what's inside them. There's you know those sort of specialists. We have we have cyber crime specialists. Um, uh, forensic accountants, insolvency experts. So there is a there, there has been a real change in the balance, I would say. Um, but we still need tax professionals. Um, we still need investigators. Um, we still need all all of those and lots of them. But yes, the balance has changed and, and a much more of a blend of, of of specialists now as well. It's amazing, isn't it? The landscape is just so broad around sort of anything, as you say, cyber and kind of the different holes where people can utilize sort of tools that are out there to sort of get around the tax agenda and, and kind of obviously partake in some of this fraud. We mentioned things changing at the speed of light. I'm really interested to hear kind of how crypto fraud is, is I guess, sort of impacting at the moment. Is that something that is starting to be on the agenda point and, and is sort of fully fledged in terms of having a process around it at the moment? Or is this a new, new kind of landscape, almost like the world, world west around sort of a new skill set of individuals that are, that are needing to come in to, to battle that? Yeah, it's certainly something that is is changing the the the, the landscape at tides. Um, so, I mean, firstly, I think the first thing to say uh, uh, really is is, I mean, the UK government really sort of supports these new technologies, really keen to 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 make the UK a you know great place to do business in relation to some of this sort of new digital technology. And HMRC is really keen to support that and get great guidance out there for you know to be like, how does the tax work when you when you're dealing with cryptocurrencies, for example, and and like with everything, the majority of people do everything they should do. However, the very nature of a cryptocurrency means that it is, uh, you know, tempting for, 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 for criminals or fraudsters to use it because of its sort of semi-anonymous nature. Um, and, you know, so we see, it, we see it increasingly used in really quite complex money laundering um schemes and uh you know people trying to uh disguise the proceeds of, of but yeah it's an increasing feature of what we do so um absolutely we have to uh, train our people um you mentioned earlier actually the the, the the j5 and and i don't know whether you want to come on to that in a little bit but something one, one thing we've done with that group is we we've run a series of what we call crypto challenges and the latest of which was in London a couple of months ago. And what we're doing there is getting expert, um, or experts in crypto, experts in, in digital investigation, lots of data, lots of intelligence and private sector support uh, from all five countries, stick them in a room, you know, not quite lock them in a room, but stick them in a room for five days and say, right, there you go. And um, they do come out with some great stuff and some some really um, solid sort of leads and the beginnings of investigations out there. So again, it's all about partnering with people, getting the right skills together, getting the right the right data together. So yes, increasingly a, a feature of, of of what we do. Great. So so I guess as far as the process goes, Ed, what is it like when an organisation is being investigated by the HMRC for potential tax fraud or crime? What is the the process that you sort of go through to get to that point? Oh, so I mean, there is there probably isn't a single process sector. It depends on what we're trying to um, achieve. I think key to what we try to do is um, a proportionate 
approach to what we see. So if, if this is, you know, an individual and it's, um, you know, relatively small scale stuff, we'll deal with that in a, re in a really proportionate way with usually a typical tax, um, inquiry, self-assessment inquiry, whatever that you'll be very familiar with. Um, other end of the spectrum, if we're dealing with international global, you know, an international organized crime group, um, you, you know, you'll appreciate that that might be very different. We might have a significant period of covert investigation involving uh, surveillance and intercept and all sorts of things before we, you know, we end up perhaps coordinating a series of arrests and, and searches across the country and sometimes across the world, sometimes involving hundreds of other officers on a single day to, to execute that. So to the whole, you know, raft of, um, different types of approaches uh, we might we might take depending on what the situation is. That's great, Simon. Um, I had uh, some questions about the J5. I mean, it's probably quite an in interesting development because you've got different cross-cultural challenges, you've got different styles, different enforcement approaches. Um, you know, say the US or Italian sort of like tax police obviously are armed and so on. Uh, do you see us sort of like uh, moving towards a more, you know, uh, didactic hardline approach or do you see that they will move towards us? Uh, so it's not really about that, Ali. We do, we all, we do learn from each other. And, and one of the, you know, some of the power of the, of the J5 is that, um, again, if we're dealing with an international issue, we can bring together uh, our different capabilities and our different approaches. And you know, one 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 um, one agency might be able to do something that another can't, and 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 we'll and we'll do that. And we'll share data, and we'll share intelligence, we'll share skills, and all that. So we do that. But it's it, it's not necessarily about moving to any different sort of approach. It's 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 really sort of you know the power of five, if you like, bringing together all of, all of that. Um, uh, you know, we're dealing with, we're dealing with networks of, of criminals. And, and so this is creating a network of, of tax enforcement authorities to sort of match up to that. And, you know, um, a global response really to a global problem. I think that's the way we, that's the way we see it, <clears throat> but it's been a really interesting experience. Um, you're right. Um, you know, languages issues, there's, um, time zones, there's, um, uh, different powers, different, different laws in each country. So lots of things to, uh, to, to work through and to get through, but I've been, um, so encouraged by how it's gone. And a lot of that is that just the, uh, you know, how seriously everybody's, how determined everybody has been to make this work. One, one stat that always stands out for me is that in the first year, um, we exchanged as much intelligence as we had done in the previous 10. And that's not any change of law or change of particular process. It's just that we're working together. The will is there. The determination is there to, to do it. Um, but, you know, four years on from, from when we created this organization, it's really now a very mature um, organization. So I think we're increasingly acting as a, a sort of the voice of global tax enforcement. We recently um, started talking to the, 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 the world's biggest banks about how we can, you know, collectively uh, do something to prevent to prevent tax fraud, um, but so our operational work is really um, maturing. I don't know whether you you caught up with what we call Operational Atlantis um, a few weeks ago. So this was one of our very first operations, and certainly the first one that we've gone uh, 
being able to go sort of public with, if you like. So this this was um, at the centre. This was a Puerto Rican bank. Now Puerto Rico is significant because it it sits outside of all the automatic exchange of information rules. It's not in CRS. It's a US territory, but but FATCA isn't applied to it um, either. Um, and 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 this bank was you know selling products that that were enabling people to um, to evade uh, evade tax. So we were very interested in this in this bank. So five of us were working together. We had a global day of action a couple of years ago. Lots of you know yeah, subpoenas, arrests, uh, information notices, whatever. Um, and then alongside us, the the Puerto Rican regulators start to get interested, and they carried out their own investigation. And what happened a couple of um, a couple of months ago uh, was uh, uh, that regulator uh, um, essentially um, deregistered this this bank. So so that bank is now out of action. A bank that was that we suspected of um, facilitating tax evasion and, and uh, money laundering. So that's a huge. Um, a uh, huge result, I think, in that sense. And and then in terms of you know UK customers that are using that, we think there are hundreds of UK customers who are using those products, and we've already got a series of tax inquiries and criminal investigations open there as well, and more to come. So that's, I think, a good example of something I don't think would have happened if the J5 didn't exist. We wouldn't have had the ability to do that without um, the combined efforts of the five. Yeah, I mean, just on that, it was obviously sort of like a, a real turning point, if I can say, an enforcement action by taxation authorities where they act in concert, is are we likely to see more days of action, so to speak, uh, if you find evidence of uh, similar type of uh, behaviors? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. We have, I mean, uh, we have a number of uh, live investigations. you know, coordinated um, across the group um, or live intelligence operations um, currently, um, you know, which we review regularly. It's quite a portfolio there. They obviously, you know, most of those aren't um, publicly known about um, yet, but absolutely, Ali, you will see uh, more of, of this nature. Yeah, but I mean, that's an interesting thing that, you know, listeners will be very interested in is that direction of travel for the J5 and for FIS going forward. I mean, sort of like things are getting a lot more serious and you are ready to use your powers. No, definitely. And I think, as I said at the beginning, you know, that sort of uh, vision I set for the organization about, I mean, you know, nobody beyond our reach. And I think some of the things that um, we've seen in the, uh, that you've seen in the public domain over the, the last few months, I hope uh, demonstrate that, you know, the, the extradition of of Sarah Panitska, the UK's most wanted uh, female tax criminal, on the on the run for nine years. Um, uh, the prosecution of Dominic Chappelle. Um, the recent charges uh, against Bernie Eccleston. Um, Operation Atlantis. I've just mentioned. You know, we are. Um, th- this is us trying to ensure that nothing is too complex, nothing is too big, nothing is too difficult to tackle. Exactly. And, and I guess there's so much behind you, as you mentioned, some real big sort of figure, bigger heads and, and topical issues, as you say, in, in the news at the moment. What does the future hold in regards to tax crime and, and tax fraud for you? I mean, the, the, the methodology, the, the kind of almost um, the, the kind of figure of, of making sure that nobody is out of scope, right? No one is too big or, or too small to kind of evade this sort of thing. 
what do you see the future bringing coming out of the back of what arguably is is a difficult economic time for, for people in Britain and then globally kind of off the back of the pandemic? How do you see this developing in, in the next couple of years? I mean, I, I guess what I, I hope is that what we're doing is, is, is combating and successfully combating the, the harm of um, tax fraud. And that harm, I think, actually comes in a number of different forms. Uh, at its most straightforward, it's money that should be paid to fund the UK's public services. So we think we, leave, we lose between 10, 15 billion pounds a year to, to sort of tax fraud. So that's an awful lot of money that could do an awful lot of good. So, you know, I absolutely, you know, hope that we continue to, um, to prevent the loss of a lot of that or, 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 or recover um, a, a lot of that. Um, but it's not just about the money. Um, it does bring real harm to individuals. Um, you know, we see people who've been exploited by dishonest professionals, perhaps, and they lose their pension contributions or national insurance contributions or whatever it might be. We see people being exploited by uh, organized crime groups. Um, we perhaps see people subject to unfair competition because people are, others are evading the tax or they're selling um, illicit product or, or, or something like that. So there's real harm happens to real individuals. So, so preventing that. And, that, and I think even possibly even more fundamentally, it's about fairness and it's about um, justice. Tax fraud can, you know, erode that sort of real fundamental trust between um, the tax authority, the tax administration, and, and, and the public. So we want to play our part in reassuring um, the public, as I say, that you know, we, to, to we think of ourselves as on the side of the uh, of the public and making sure there is this level playing field that those harms don't happen, that we collect the right money. Uh, to fund the UK's public services. I, so I want just more of that actor, really, and, and, and the, you know, that we can get more and more successful at, at that. And, and as, new, as new methods of, of evading tax emerge, as they always do, I mean, it's difficult stuff. This, you know, it's, it, by nature, it's hidden, it's dishonest. It's, so it's very challenging to deal with, that we, that we stay up to the pace of that, if you like, and that we, we, we don't let that, any of that get away from us. Yeah. Can I just ask specifically about yourself and some of the work that we've seen, Simon, from your areas? We've seen a real outreach and a greater level of participation by HMRC. Do you see, do you, well, you're in the thick of it. I mean, is there a changing culture or changing approach, a greater transparency that we can expect? I, I, I think there is. Uh, so certainly personally, Ali, I strongly believe in being as transparent as possible with all this. Hence why I'm, you know, I'm on this podcast talking, you know, as freely as I can. You, 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 yeah, you, you might see me posting regularly on, on LinkedIn about some of the stuff we do and engaging with people on, on, on that. Um, so I try to be as transparent as, as possible because I think there's a you know, significant public um, interest in, in, in that. But... But it's also quite hard-nosed in terms of reaching out to those people who it's important to partner with to tackle tax crime. So we've got something we call our Tax Crime Alliance that we've set up over the last year. So this involves, you know, the, the, the big accountancy firms, the big law firms, and 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 others. Uh, we work very closely with, with the UK and overseas financial institutions. Um, they can really help, you know, stop tax fraud or prevent tax losses, you know, if we share 
we share with them what we're seeing. We share uh, the sort of MOs we're seeing from crime groups, which enables them to spot suspicious transactions and, and stop money flows. I mean, we had, we had one on a, it was actually one of the COVID scheme frauds. Uh, and we were able to stop, you know, 26 million pounds before it, uh, before it probably left the UK. So working alongside professionals and finance institutions has really, um, tangible uh, benefits in, 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 in preventing or, or detecting tax crime. Yeah. Uh, I, I personally can say that I'm on one of those working groups, um, to do with how you outreach to professional advisors. And, uh, I mean, I've personally seen a real change in approach. So thank you for that Simon, because I think it makes for better enforcement, both the taxpayer and the tax authorities that collaboration is, is really effective. So yeah, I can vouch for it. Hector, I know you had another question before we move to my favorite part. <laughs> yeah. it, it's just, you know, I think there's this constant debate ongoing around the globalization of the tax system, whether, you know, things be in, in a bit more of an orderly fashion, if, if the kind of everybody was singing from the same hymn sheets globally on, on this sort of thing. Do, do you think that the kind of lack of globalization in, in the tax system provides a bit of a hindrance for the agenda point that obviously you're, you're kind of out there and, and pushing at the moment? Or do you think there is a way of, of kind of everybody working in harmony around the subject matter? So um, different tax systems, different tax approaches certainly provides opportunities for tax fraudsters or, um, uh, you know, just to, to play to play the rules off against, you know, one jurisdiction or another or moving uh, goods or value across borders to enable to hide things. So ab absolutely, um, I think it would be impossible to harmonize everything in every, every way, because it's not just all about tax systems. It's, it's about lots more as well. So that's definitely something that the, uh, the fraudsters try to exploit. And, and that's why partnerships like the J5 are so important, um, so that we can, we can move as freely across, um, jurisdictional boundaries as the, as the criminals. Otherwise we're always going to play catch up. Absolutely. Great. So thank you very much, uh, Simon, before we move ahead to our rapid fire round, I just wanted to recap what we have covered today. So after introducing you, we talked a little bit about your background, discussed the work on the J5 and the new approaches, um, and processes at HMRC and the wider, the broader societal sort of like responsibilities that you talked about. And just now we did a little bit of future gazing of what future enforcement may look like, the concerted enforcement on a cross-border basis. Now, Simon, are you ready for what is officially our favorite part of the Tax Files podcast, the illustrious rapid fire out? Yeah, <laughs> uh, go on then. <laughs> well, we're going to get to know you a bit more as a person, Simon. So if you are ready, shall we kick off with the rapid fire? Happy to. Go ahead. Let's go. Man City or Man United? Uh, absolutely neither. I'm a lifelong and passionate Newcastle United sport. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Cats or dogs, Simon? Um, dogs, uh, but don't tell my cat that. Have one, <laughs> have one of Who is your favourite band? My favourite band? So, 
I spent most of my youth and, and, and through into my 20s playing the trumpet in, in, in uh, big bands and, and jazz orchestras and that sort of thing. So I'm going to go for the, um, the Duke Ellington band. Coffee or tea? Oh, tea. I drink buckets full of tea every day. City or countryside? Uh, oh, um, both actually, because I, I sort of, uh, I guess I live in the countryside, but work an awful lot, as you'd expect in London. So um, enjoy both. Enjoy the, enjoy the empty both. Sorry, that's not, that's not the, I shouldn't answer that. I should a quick file. Well, the best of both worlds. <laughs> Train or aeroplane? Aeroplane, I love a bit of travel. I love to get, get away and it's exciting to, to fly around the globe like, like, like Ali. Where is your next travel destination? Uh, I think it's likely to be New York. The big apple pool rib. Mm. Food heaven for you. Oh, I enjoy all sorts of food, but um, a nice plate of oysters, that would say. Can it get any better? Fiction or non-fiction? Uh, fiction, fiction. Love a bit of uh, John le Carre. Sorry. Art museum or history museum? Art museum. And lastly, vacation or staycation? Vacation, as I say, I love to, love, to, love to get around the world. Nice. You survived it, Simon. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> so, Simon, I mean, you mentioned books uh, along the way. Is, that, is there a book, both fiction or nonfiction, that really has sparked your interest? Or that really, the last book that really captured you? So I'll, I'll go sort of semi-linked um, uh, to the job. So I really enjoyed Oliver Buller's book, um, Moneyland. I know he's got another one out recently, which I've not read yet, Butler to the World. Um, but Oliver is a, is a fantastic storyteller um, around sort of money laundering and um, financial crime. And he makes it very engaging and very simple, but just some great stories, but also you know just really interesting. So if you've not read that, um, I'd highly recommend that. Yeah, I mean, it's quite interesting. You get these police dramas, crime sort of like, and when you talk to the police, they say, you know, it's nothing like that. I mean, you know, who knows? There may be a, a, a fictional series made about your unit soon. Who knows, Ali? There might just be. Simon, who would you want to play you in the, uh, uh, the series uh, maybe about uh, your, your unit? <laughs> I'll leave others to judge that. I'm not going to get drawn into that. Hugh Grant, I think. I think Hugh Grant. That's a good one. I'll take Hugh Grant. Yeah, we'll have a look on the podcast next. I'm going to ask it for you. Don't worry. I think I think we should reach out to let uh, Hugh know. Yeah, here if you're listening to the tax files, <laughs> we've got your next piece of work lined up. <laughs> Well, Simon, it's been amazing speaking to you. What piece of information or advice would you like to leave our audience with? I think I'd like people to um, understand that HMRC are on your side. We are determined to crack down on those who are dishonestly um, abusing the tax system, and we very much have the capability to do so. Simon is watching everybody. <laughs> Well, thank you for listening to The Tax Files. It's been a pleasure having you join us. Please subscribe and get in contact if you wish to discuss any of these topics with us and our team, or if you have any questions at all. We'll catch you here again at the same time next month with the most esteemed guest. To stay up to date with announcements, updates, and guest reveals, please follow from Super on LinkedIn.
Thank you very much. Big thank you to Simon and Victor. Um, good luck with the wedding. Not your own wedding. <laughs> Just to clarify, everybody. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's Italy, isn't it? You're off to. It is, yes. So I'm off, to, uh, I'm off to Tuscany, actually. Sunny Tuscany tomorrow to welter in 45 degrees heat on the Chianti Hills. So um, looking forward to lots of wine and lots of, uh, lots of pasta by the buckets, actually. So cannot wait. Have any of you been to Tuscany before? No, it's one of my, you know, bucket list items. Yeah, I've been to Tuscany a couple of times. Actually, it's beautiful, beautiful. Very, very excited about it. So we're uh, we're staying at Chianti. So I look forward to lots of culture, but mostly lots of Chianti wine, which <laughs> I will not lie about. Fantastic. Well, have a great time. Uh, and finally, just want to thank our listeners and hope to speak to you again. Thank you very much. Stay safe. Goodbye.